0: Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya, and today I am welcoming a special guest, Miss Amanda Isaac. We are both music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 103. Today, we'll be offering advice and ideas for secondary choir directors, and in our CODA section, we'll be giving some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice, and let's get started. And now for our main theme, an interview with Amanda Isaac. Amanda teaches choir in the Bakersfield uh, community in California, and I'm going to let her tell us all about her. So Amanda, welcome, and thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I am so excited to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So we have so much to catch up on, but let's talk about uh, where did you grow up and what is your educational background?
1: I grew up in the Bakersfield area and that's in the Southern Central Valley of California. And um, I went to university at uh, CSU Chico, which a California state school, uh, several hours from my hometown. And I was there for a bachelor's degree. And then the last year of my bachelor's degree, I found um, the woman who would be my mentor. So I stuck around and did a master's degree so I could apprentice with her. And um, after that, after seven years in Chico, I was looking around trying to find a job anywhere in California. At that time, it was hard to find full-time music jobs. And one happened to open up in my hometown. So um, I took it, they were able to take me on an intern credential. And then, so my first year of teaching, I was uh, also going to school full-time for my teacher credential at the same time. Uh, During that master's program, I uh, did my levels with, um, uh, with my Kodai levels. One was at Holy Names with Gemma Arguelles and Helga Dikrik with, yay Gemma. And Helga Dikrik was my, Soulfuge instructor. She was delightful, and then uh, years uh, level two and level three were done at McNeese State University uh, with Susan Tevis and Ava Vendre and Anne Eisen and Lamar Robertson and Andrea Antonine. So lots of fun. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
0: exciting. Um, and so, what is your uh, background instrument or instruments?
1: Um, I'm a singer primarily. Uh, I did get drafted in junior high to play the trombone because my band director said, hey, you can kind of read music. I was terrified he was going to ask me to be the accompanist for the for the choirs. But he says, I need more low brass. Would you like to learn the tuba or the trombone? And I said, well, what one's easier? He's like, the trombone is closest to the human voice. And I said, okay, I'll try that one. Oh, and so then I played, and then I liked it and I played it in high school and um, was in the marching band and the concert bands and all that stuff so i did choir and band in high school but when i got to university i decided um i liked practicing my singing more than i did my trombone so i just occasionally pick up the horn but
0: i had no idea that's amazing yeah yeah and tell us about your different teaching roles that you have right now because you are juggling a few
1: Yeah, uh, right now I teach high school uh, choir. So I have five choirs beginning to advanced and I'm at one high school, which I just, I'm so grateful for it. Uh, I also teach at our local uh, university, four-year university, teaching um, music in the elementary classroom for non-music majors. So most of them are uh, students who want to become teachers at some point. So um, I am teaching them a music course and... We just, I, I, my whole thing is trying to show them the wide variety that is out there and have them improve, build some skills and give them lots and lots of tools and hope that they not only bring music into their classrooms, but advocate to have specialists on their campus because in California, it's not a requirement to have music be taught by a specialist um, in, the, in the elementary setting. Um, in the secondary setting, you have to have a uh, single subject credential, but in elementary school, we're not as um, mandated. We have different, we're, we're quirky in California. I mean, what else do I want to say? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and also, so that's during the school year, right? hmm Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. else?
1: Oh, well, um, and then in the summers, um, Tanya and I met by uh, teaching at CKI, the Cal- a Colorado Kodai Institute. And I did that for a few years and I am currently um, teaching for the American Kodai Institute for Loyola um, university out in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, But I've never set foot on their campus. I've only, I've taught for them for two years, but they were the COVID years. So I've never, I've never met my colleagues. I've never set foot on the campus. So it's, oh my gosh, I guess I never put all that together. Yeah. So Uh, um, I would love to go visit and, I, I'm hoping that you know they, they have me back for another year, but I am the, um, as a, that, to my understanding, I'm the only uh, faculty member that's on the West Coast. So when they would be faculty text strings, I'd be getting them at like five o'clock in the morning, my right. time. But uh, yeah, they're, they're a great group of people over there too.
0: Yeah, they're such a great program. We love Lauren McDougall. She's wonderful.
1: She so. is, she's so wonderful.
0: Oh, also, do you have a fun tidbit or, you know, something, a fun fact about yourself that's not related to teaching music? I mean, I know I could say that you're the biggest Lin-Manuel Miranda fam- fan I know.
1: <laughs> I, I, I am kind of a fan of the man. I, 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 I stumbled into um, fandom for him. Uh, a friend of mine who is a theater teacher in town told me years ago, Amanda, you have to go see the show in LA. And it's about a two hour drive to a, um, to our, to one of the large, uh, Los Angeles theaters. So, um, I went to see this show in the Heights. I had no idea other than Sheila told me to go see it. And I got there and in the first couple of minutes, I'm, I'm intrigued. And the minute, the. The lead character says, you must take the A train. I'm like, I'm in. I'm all <laughs> in on this. This is so smart. This is so awesome. And then I looked down. I went, wait a minute. The dude that wrote it is on stage doing the Usnavi. Oh, my gosh. And from that moment on, I've been—I've had a slight love affair with the man who I know will never love me back. But oh, um... wow.
0: but he will in his <laughs> theatrical... <laughs> love letter to the world that is oh, his work that he puts yes. out right
1: his work is wonderful and um i don't think he's a saint or anything but i really appreciate how um, how intelligent and articulate he can be how grounded he seems to be and it's a nice model for um so many of us in the professional arts to have that balance between passion and um and staying grounded with our uh, with our within our reality.
0: Yeah, definitely. I also what I love about him is um, he he did not have a lot of big musical theater roles that he would fit right, and so he's like, well, guess I got to have to write my write my own roles, right? That's right.
1: Because That's right. I've
0: seen interviews where he's like, you know, Man of La Mancha, that could be my role. Other than that, not a lot out there for someone like me. And so he's like, so I'm just going to rewrite the book and make my own.
1: Yes, he, he couldn't dance to be in West Side Story. He didn't have the voice for Man of the Mancha. And so he didn't want to be uh, a stereotype. So he decided to write his, uh, write his own roles and to um, just live those things into reality. He also is a very avid learner and he every he will talk about when I worked on Bring It On, I learned these things. And when I lo- worked on West Side Story, he was doing some of the refreshing of the um, Spanish um, mm. for the touring company years ago. You know, I learned this. And taking those things that he learns and then building upon it, uh, I just find so refreshing and um, inspiring that we continue and get better and better and better. So yeah, like that.
0: Awesome. Awesome role model. All right, so um, we are going to talk a high or a low from our teaching week. So Amanda, do you have a high or a low to share? This is a week Uh, back right after Thanksgiving break, so.
1: Yeah, uh, my high was actually um, kind of half in the classroom, half not. Uh, My theater director and myself, we are casting our spring show and we had no idea who would show up for auditions because everybody's kind of a wild card right now so what happens was um uh, these kids come in for the vocal audition and we asked for just a minute of any song didn't have to be from the show just any anything um we wa- we did want more modern stuff because it's a modern show and the these kids would come in and um some of them would start singing and I'd drop my pencil because I'd be so surprised. And then my reading glasses, I take my reading glasses off and I'd like drop them on the floor. And I would just get so enthusiastic and ecstatic and share it with the students when I'm like, where have you been? Oh my gosh, why aren't you in my class? And so just writing all of these, just finding these undiscovered gems and um, it's always nice when they're a senior and you just think, oh, I wish you would have been there. But it's especially exciting when you find sophomores and juniors that you're like, oh, hold on, honey. I can, We can build with you and trying to find more and more uh, people to join our ranks, either in the theater um, and or in the choir program. We, uh, I have a phrase now that if I'm breathing, I'm recruiting because <laughs> so many of our programs took such a hit um, due to the pandemic, that we're trying to uh, just continue to build, and I am thoroughly grateful for the students that I have because we are we are rebuilding our house even stronger than it was before. So having bringing in more people to be a part of that process is, process is really exciting.
0: Yay. yeah, yeah. I bet they, they probably are just like so excited to have that platform again,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, what was your high or low?
0: Well, gosh, I feel so inspired by you that I feel I need to go out tomorrow and just teach my rear off because mine's kind of kind of wimpy. <laughs> That's
1: okay. Well, now, um, we, we don't cast every week. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I was doing some staff work with third graders and it was just very, I, I geek out over, you know, silly things like, um, you know, Putting things on the staff. And I use uh, Sister Lorna's houses to talk about Sulfa Street and the relationships between like so and me, and then me and Doe and me, Ray Doe. Anyway, and we, um, Doe had moved in and I showed the house. And I always say, and Doe had the key to the town because Mayor Doe lived in the house. And I've made Mayor Doe female because. Because why not? Um, And so then I show them the Doe Clef, right? And I also relate it to, actually have them right here with me because I'll show you, but no one else will see. So I have like little skeleton keys. How cool! And (laughs) I show like the skeleton key and how where that Doe Clef is on the staff. It's like a map of Solfa Street. And so if the Doe Clef is around line two, then it's Doe, is on line two and i say that also happens to be mayor doe's signature right the doe clef. she was just writing her name all the time she just made that doe clef. anyway
1: um that so, is so clever that is so
0: cool it, i i still i still borrow and you know everything but As um, we do but it was very sweet because we were what we were working with the staff with little mini erasers and I said, and now we're going to put, where are we going to put this for dough? And I and someone said, oh, we're going to put it on that line. And one of the other kids blurted out because that's her signature. And we see it's online too. And I couldn't have scripted, you know, oh. a better response. It just got me all excited and,
1: you yeah. know, it's little things. So, oh, those, those are huge moments. Yeah. Those, those are so awesome. They make me want to do cartwheels.
0: I know they're like, I'm learning and I like it. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm just so excited to talk to you today, Amanda, not just because I miss seeing you and talking to you, but also it's wonderful and different to have a perspective that is secondary and choral. So tell me about like not all choir directors uh in the secondary area use Kodai principles. So how did you come to use? Kodai philosophies and principles, and why Kodai for you?
1: Uh, Kodai for me, because it makes the most uh, philosophical, pedagogical sense to me. I love how developmental it is, how it's culturally responsive, how it's so logical. Um, I have a big logic brain And I love being able to just walk students through that very uh, uh, natural progression through things. Um, In fact, right now, of course, in secondary land, it's weird because, um, uh, for instance, with my level one theory curriculum that um, my district uses that is Kodai-ish, I shall say, um, they talk about, uh, right now we're at sharps and building major scales using sharps. And I said, I showed it, during warmups, I showed the, the bass choir while well, you sang this high in the treble clef and this high, low in the bass clef. And one of my, um, sassy singers, um, said, oh, well, we don't know what that thing is yet. Cause I used a flat and I looked at him like, <laughs> yes, you do. You just haven't been formally introduced yet and he just rolled his eyes because he's a senior and he wanted to be a little sassy, but that's fine. Um, but I, I like how it really helps. It's just good teaching. It's good um, pedagogical layering of different uh, skills and it takes them through that if they follow this path, they get stronger and more confident and more independent. And that's what I try to do as much as possible. And sometimes it works. And sometimes we have to kind of put it to the side to make sure that we do what we need to do for our performance. I have a concert on Tuesday night, making sure that we get the things done. But um, I I really do appreciate so much of what um, Kadai did. In fact, my lock screen on my iPad is the um, the well-trained hand, heart, ear, and Mind, because I keep trying to remind myself. Okay, how am I training this? How am I training that? How am I training that? So that by the time they leave my classroom, they're a stronger musician and they're as good or a better person than when they walked in.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful, beautiful thing. So, what would a typical rehearsal look like? Not necessarily the day of a concert. Yeah, but you well, know, t- halfway there.
1: Yeah. Typical day. Um, uh, we start with a kind of like a bell ringer theory thing. And um, depending upon the class, uh, my large advanced choir, I have two different theory curriculums that I'm teaching concurrently. So the kids know I'm a level two or I'm a level three and we're going through the different things. And, um, but we'll, they have, you know, a short bit of time, uh, once the, the bell rings, um, I teach on the third floor of a building that has no elevator. And the there's a lot of distance that sometimes the students have to travel. So I am trying to give them a little bit of leeway, but I don't want them to be too late into rehearsal. So they're doing that theory. And then after we go over it, uh, we're jumping in to doing um, some physical stretches or um, and then some gentle warm ups. And we're focusing on just getting the voice going, vowel shapes, production, placement, those typical uh, typical things. Uh, sometimes then we'll go straight into literature and we'll do some sight reading kind of interspersed in between um, different, uh, different pieces that we're rehearsing. And um, let's see, so We're going through different pieces, we're pulling out different sections and trying to have uh, some partner songs or skill building songs, either at the beginning or interspersed. Sometimes at the end of uh, our end of class, if I have um, a couple minutes, which is rare because usually I'll rehearse to the bell or just pass the bell, the bell will ring. And I'm like 30 more seconds. Come on, let's finish this phrase. Um, and most of them stay, which is wonderful. Uh, we'll do, you know, poison pattern and some of those different types of games, which uh, are always a hit, especially with my bass choir. They love being competitive and doing those kinds of things.
0: Oh yeah. That is the age for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you prepare for your rehearsals and your classes?
1: Uh, I have lesson plans for me are a lot like recipes and I have to make sure I have all the ingredients set out. So I have to know my uh, repertoire really, really well. So I have to make sure that my scores are prepared. Um, I need to kind of know where I am in my theory sequence and uh, also in my sight reading sequence. And I have, um, I use Oh, my book is not here. Uh, oh, yes, it is. Here it is. Uh, One Accord by Georgia Newland oh, is yeah. a wonderful resource for um, for sequencing uh, part singing ability, and so I try to follow that, especially with my beginning and intermediate groups. Really making sure that they're were. So I'm trying to make so my when I create my rehearsal plans, it's okay. Where are we on these different strings of curriculum? And then where do we need to plan, where do we need to be in the rehearsal, the uh, long-term rehearsal plan for that particular piece of music. Um, I tend to give myself uh, weekly goals rather than daily rehearsal goals, because then I can move, adjust things as needed, depending upon what kind of a schedule is that day or, Like last week, I had a day when 30% of my advanced choir was gone for activities or whatever. So I went, well, I'm not going to do what I thought I was going to do. I'm going to do some other things. So if I give myself weekly plans, it gives me the flexibility to adjust on the day.
0: Oh, that makes so, so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that way you're probably not super annoyed when those kind of things which are just bound to happen, you know, when you've got that sudden change.
1: Yeah. Most of the time I'm able to roll with it. It's when, when those unplanned days happen multiple days and multiple times in a week that it starts to throw things off. But um, overall we just try to push through. And then there are days when I'll look at the students and I'm like, we got to push through. We we're behind or whatever that happens to be. And even in when I taught junior high, I taught junior high for, um, for almost 15 years before I moved to high school. And even those, those junior high students along with high schools, when you give them like, here's the plan, here's where we're going, we're behind schedule. We have to give a little more, more often than not, the kids will go with you because they understand and they can see your vision. And hopefully at that point, they, they trust you to get them where they need to be so
0: yeah that's awesome yeah so sounds like it's a very very busy week day coming year. up yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. what what do you do for yourself to help you stay um grounded and focused and not burnt out
1: uh actually these are two things that i picked up during um quarantine distance learning st- teach at home time. Uh, I have started um, exercising on a regular basis and I will, you know, go for uh, anywhere from a hour long walk or a bit of a run. And so I exercise most days of the week. I'm aim for at least five and I usually get about six days a week. And then um, I also read and I've become a I've reconnected with reading this pa- this calendar year, and so that kind of just takes me out of everything and lets me just sort of simmer down and does lets me do something completely different. So that's yeah. really helping me maintain some balance because yeah. it's so different.
0: What are you reading?
1: Um, I've really gotten into romance novels. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and um, so uh, I prefer. Uh, Romantic comedies and those kind of things. So okay. it's just something silly, and well, they're not all silly. I no, enjoy them, so it's, it's fun. to
0: read, yeah? It's sort of fun.
1: yeah. It's something that's fun to read, and um, sometimes I'm able to combine it, especially if I'm walking, like walking on a treadmill. You know, I just put my Kindle there, and I'm just reading and walking, and reading and walking, and oh, it, an hour passed. Yay! Yay!
0: I, yeah. so
1: so it, it's fun. So.
0: Yeah. Are you on Goodreads? Just a little aside.
1: I am not. I am not. I should get on. Goodreads. I'm gonna.
0: I'm gonna invite you and get you on there. You can be Ooh. my friend. Goodreads friends. Yeah, because I, I love no taking recommendations from other people.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We have. I'm in a couple of different reader groups on Facebook, and then they'll be like, oh that and that and that and that. Oh wow. Oh oh, my list is long. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: a good thing. <laughs> that's good. It's good. Yeah. So do you have any tips or suggestions for anyone who is looking to move into teaching choir at the secondary level or um, build their Kodai skills towards secondary? Any, any other suggestions?
1: Secondary is so much. It, so for me, secondary is so much fun because I get to see my students every day. And that's a different from when I was taught elementary. Um, when I was teaching junior high, I was concurrently teaching elementary as well. So elementary I'd see the kids once a week, maybe twice a month um, due to my circumstance. Uh, my junior high kids I saw every day. Now at high school, I see them every day and I hope to, I don't always, I'm not able, Always to have them for four years continuously because we have a weird scheduling thing, but we secondary is so much um, is it, a very specialized lane. Uh, whereas with elementary, you're doing you know four or five lanes at the same time that build on one another. You're doing that in secondary, but the lanes are a little just a little bit more narrow, and you're doing it at a slightly different pace. Um, because, in theory, they can pick things up a little bit faster. However, I have students um, at the high school, I have seniors who read at a third grade level. So um, it's not, oh, they're taller, therefore they pick things up faster. That's not always the case. Uh, But what I do like about having the secondary kids is that you're able to really stretch um, their minds and you can go deep in some different things, uh, different cultural uh, questions and um, emotional. There's a lot of SEL that happens. Uh, If you are comfortable in those sorts of situations, then then secondary can be for you. To beef up uh, or to further enhance Um, with Kadai pedagogy, uh, I would just say you do a lot of, uh, repertoire, uh, work because if you pick the right repertoire, you can dig so much out of the repertoire to not only teach pedagogically, but to teach skill skills and, um, to teach the sel and the cultural and so many of those things if i think the that end of the preparation is a lot but it's really where you dig into the meat of it but then you get to set it up and then you're just riding and driving the train you have you build the train before it all goes through when i was teaching elementary it was a lot of okay we're kind of building it as we would go along and you do that a little bit in secondary but there's a lot of um preparation that goes into it but it's so so rewarding
0: yeah oh well i so appreciate you and what you do my my son is a junior right now
1: oh my gosh i can't believe that i know wow. and
0: and he's been in choir this whole time um Woo! yeah and yeah i just have the utmost respect for his choir director and for anyone who is, is teaching choir and that's like his home. So I'm just, yes. I just love that he has that every day and he happens to be in an all boys choir, right? All men, you know, yeah. high school. He, um, he was selected to sing in the the chamber group, but it, awesome. conflicted, it was conflicting with another class. So uh. he couldn't do it. So um, next year he'll be for his senior year, he'll get to do the two choirs, and uh, yeah. But we just, I, I, I mean, I always, of course, that's where my heart is, is choir, and um, that was my home too when I was mm-hmm. in high school and junior high and all of that. So it's just so nice that we have this, um, not just because musically it's so enriching, but they really find their people there, and the choir directors that I've had and that Jude ha- has had, have always been his favorite people, right? There's just, mm-hmm. there's something about you choir folks. I just
1: <laughs> love you guys. We, we're, we're a quirky bunch. <laughs> we are, we are very, we can be very, very fun. Um, I love meeting other choir directors because in some ways there are many of us that are the same personalities types, but then there's also some that are complete opposites. There are lots of very extroverted choir directors. I'm sure that's not a shock to anybody. <laughs> um, but there's also some like, kind of like, kind of like myself where I'm that ambivert, that extroverted introvert, like, you know, what do you do to keep sane? I go away from everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I stay sane. Um, or I go do something, you know, just something light and fun. Uh, but we are, uh, if you have passion and enthusiasm and you really show that authenticity, that is what will hook and retain your um, your students, is if you show them that passion, that enthusiasm and auth- authenticity. And if you can foster it within your students so that it's not about me, it's about we and then they start having more of that ownership. We did a wonderful thing right before Thanksgiving. Um, The pianist that works at my school uh, told me at the beginning of the year, this is gonna be her last year. Um, Just because she's like, I'm ready to retire. I'm like, that's fine. So I told my student leaders, I'm like, let's do a sneaky um, uh, pianist appreciation week. Like, we're not gonna mention it, but we're just gonna do little things for her. So one day someone brought her her favorite coffee drink and she's like, what's going on? We're like, what? She was just being nice. <laughs> and then another day, um, something else happened. I forget what. And then another day, um, the kids had uh, Post-it notes. And so they were all writing Post-it notes in class. And part of me is like, guys, can you be more obvious? But they told her that they were all writing notes to me. So then the next morning, when she showed up for class, they had taken the post-it notes and covered the piano and her music in these post-it notes of bits of gratitude to her. Oh, and nice. she got, so, she was so choked up. She just was, and because the kids get it. And if you can foster those kinds of connection with each other, that's actually something that I've seen more of my students do now than than before um, distance learning and quarantine. They, watch each other more and i'm not talking in a negative creepy way i'm talking about like they they watch out for each other they notice when something's happening and they go ask and they go reach out to each other in quiet ways doesn't have to be big ways and to see that happening just means that we've got a healthy community that we community feeling that we can continue to build on and that's what it's about i'd love To have like the best sounding choir, but if we can be some of the best humans that sound, that happen to sound nice, then we've done our job.
0: And now it's time for our CODA section, where we get to share something that we have been loving in or out of the music room. And um, so, Amanda, I just have to tell you, it's it's interesting that we have had this uh, scheduled because um, we were talking about Lin Manuel Miranda earlier, and this past week, uh, we we had heard about a week ago that Stephen Sondheim had passed away, oh, and oh. that was very that hit me hard because while I am I am not the biggest musical theater in you know fan mm-hmm. it's still mm-hmm. a big part of my growing up and you know I'm, I'm still there um oh yeah yeah and Stephen Sondheim especially in uh my formative years was a big thing I mean into the woods and company I mean all of these so much of his music is just I feel like part of my DNA um I've just been hearing it for so long so I kind of started uh just I, it's been a while since I sat down and like watched a musical that you're able to watch. Like, so I rewatched Into the Woods. Oh. Um, but that's not my quota. Uh, <laughs> it just so happened that um, I hadn't planned for my mom and me and my sister to get together and just watch Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, is all that. Jonathan Larson, but directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. And yes, there's some Steven Sondheim tie- tie-ins with that. And oh, yeah. oh my, you have to see it. I oh, I, thinking, I, can't I can't wait to talk to Amanda tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it is so, <laughs> it is so good. And it's it's for it's one of those, if you know, you know. Like this is not, I didn't ask my husband to sit down and watch it with us. It would have just so much of it would have gone over his head. But if you've got musical theater in your veins, tick, tick, boom is for you, you know, mm-hmm. so many references. And especially if you know rent, you hear oh. so much musical callbacks, um, lyrical things that happen that you're like, oh, and then you put it in rent. Oh, listen to that. You know, like the, these harmonies come exactly from, you know, it's just, oh, you have to see it.
1: So I know. Love I still it. want to see it. I haven't had the chance to do so yet. Uh, the other night I was watching a, a movie with my mom and uh, I was a little disapp- uh, disappointed at the end. And she's like, well, we have time for another one. Do you want to watch Tick, Tick, Boom? And I went, no, I'm not in the headspace for it. I want to ha- I want to be in the right headspace for that one. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot it's of- event
0: walking. It's event watching. It's like, everything fast. Yeah. get yes. rid of- <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, so
0: I, yeah. I'm going to watch it again. Um, you know,
1: before yeah. the week is out.
0: So that's my plan.
1: Oh, how cool. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I love those things. Yeah. There was a great, um, dedication that I saw to Sondheim, um, a picture of Sondheim and Larson and the line, uh, the caption was there are giants in the sky. And I was just,
0: Oh, <sighs> oh man, I didn't see I, that.
1: I'm so excited. Um, uh, Okay, back during distance learning, I had to, uh, or I didn't have to, I gave my students through Ed Puzzle, the PBS documentary series, The 100 Years of Broadway, or I'm forgetting the title of the PBS series. It's now like 20 years old, because Wicked was the modern one that just came out, and Wicked's like 20 years old now. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, they talked about at the end of, uh, when Oscar Hammerstein, Hammerstein, pardon me, uh, passed away, they dim the lights of broadway mm. for to to mark his passing because he was such he was so huge and and hammerstein mentored sondheim yeah and so I, when i heard of sondheim's passing i i thought they need to do the same thing if because hammerstein was such a uh, such a huge influence in that genre and mm-hmm. as a musician and a lyricist and all those things that sondheim deserves the same, at least the same treatment. And I heard that they're going to dim the lights on Broadway at 6.30, I think, on um, this coming week, I think on the 8th or something. And I was just like, oh, yes! You know, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but, um, and then the little thing that they did for Sondheim um, on Times Square, they shut Times Square down and all, all the Broadway singers came. Yes. And they sang Sunday.
0: I know. So beautiful.
1: That, yeah. And one of those penultimate chords on an ordinary Sunday, that chord, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I'm just like, yeah, that was a beautiful (laughs) thing. We're we're big old nerds. Um, Okay. But my coda coda actually harpens back to my sane thing is um, I've got just like this long tube TBR to be read list of um, uh, novels that I want to read and um, I'll just share one of my favorite authors happens to be um, Penny Reed or Penelope Reed and she's got so many different um, series and she just had a book come out um, called Beard in Hiding Um, Mm. it's a spinoff from one of her other spinoff series anyway um, I'm equal opportunity. I love all of the different books, but I also appreciate, um, second chance romance kind of ones. Um, and, um, so I, I really liked that. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I, I, it's on my Kindle waiting for me. And like when it's winter break, you get to read me <laughs> because I just so have... tell me
0: the title and author again.
1: Okay. The, the title is beard, like a facial beard yeah, yeah. in hiding. Um, okay. And it's by Penelope Reed, R-E-I-D. And um, yeah, anything that she writes or there's a, a, what would you call that? little uh, cooperative group, Um, they call themselves the Smarty Pants Romance. Uh So they're kind of clever and um, just really good characters. I really appreciate um, good character development, so. It's it's fun. So that's, that's something I'm enjoying personally. When I get a chance to just put my kids to bed and, or I'm on the treadmill or whatever, I get to just read and everything just kind of goes away for a little while.
0: Yes. Nice. Thank you. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. I love talking to you and thank you for sharing your experiences with us and um you and i will talk again for sure soon yay and (laughs) (laughs) um that it was just fantastic lots of inspiration thanks oh anything
1: anytime i i love you and i love uh music teacher coffee talk and just everybody just let's let's keep helping each other out because we all we all get better when we help each other out so true We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher
0: Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And as always, we appreciate folks buying us a coffee. So look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Carrie and I will be back, both of us, uh, in January. We are taking a short break for the holidays, but we will have fresh content for you in January. Happy holidays, happy new year, and until next time, this is Tanya wishing you happy musicing.